This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello. Glad to be back. A little uh, shorter wait than usual, so it feels a little weird coming off a Wednesday recording, but I'm uh, ready to talk some Caps hockey, even if it isn't happy. Yep, and that Wednesday recording featured Caps legend Carl Alsner, so if that's something that you want to... uh, you know, partake in definitely check it out. It was a great interview and an awesome time. Uh, dude was totally a natural, but we do have to pay the bills here. So Caps fans, it's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it, you rein in $100. That's insane. Uh, so seriously, all it takes is one three-pointer being hit by your cho- your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Sounds like a no-brainer. Um, slam This slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever, so head to the App Store now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get in on all of the action. If basketball isn't for you, like me, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds on hockey, soccer, and so much more. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big pay days. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code THPN for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot only at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's code THPN, folks. Go get the app, download it, win your money, thank us later. Thank us later. Man, that was well done. Uh, Thank you, you did very well there. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I just literally read a script. Well, you know, <laughs> it's still not always easy to do things live when you when the pressure's on. So you got ice in your veins. Yeah, true. Are we live right now? Oh, I guess we are. Oh, are we? Yeah, because um, I can see uh, this guy's already chirping you. Yeah. My day was good today. Thanks, John David. All right. Thank my man. So, yeah, let's get it started. Let's pop some tabs, huh? One, two, three. All right. So, Caps fans, yeah, you know, um, Caps extending the perfect streak into (laughs) this week after a long time off. Uh, But we'll get into that a little later. Let's hit you off with some brief league news and notes. Miko Koivu retired Tuesday, said it was due to the fact that he felt he couldn't perform at the level he wanted um, and was unrelated to any other drama that is currently going on. Uh, but, uh, Polly, I guess you heard an interview and, and this is, you know, you have more of an insider edge on this. So let us know. Yeah. So uh, I was listening on the NHL's um I think it's the morning skate show on the NHL network. This was Thursday or Friday. And he basically said he, you know, he could tell a little while ago that he didn't feel like he was doing what he, what he, he wasn't playing up to the level he wanted. And he decided he was going to give himself a little bit of time after talking to his agent and his, and the coaches and stuff. And after he gave himself some time, he still felt that he couldn't perform at the level that he standard, he held himself to. Mm-hmm. And so uh, basically that's why he made this decision. It's just completely random and unrelated that it happened the same week, basically the day after all the drama that is next on the outline. And what drama is that? Patrick Line was benched 
on uh, I think it was last Tuesday against the Hurricanes for the last 26-19 of the game. So end of the second, entirety of the third, and it is due to him mouthing off to an assistant. So basically, um, Tortorella was just having his assistants back and not, you know, not letting his his employees be mistreated just because a guy's a star player. So is that is that really what happened? I mean, that's the story they're they're coming out with and sticking to. Well, there yeah, there were some articles saying that, and um, I'm pretty sure Line A said that he deserved what happened to him. Well, that's it's good that Line A is not uh, doubling down on being a dick. You know, it's weird because you look at that guy and you don't think he's like a complete shitbag, but I guess he's <laughs> just. I mean, I don't know in Winnipeg. He seemed to be doing great, and he's he's always constantly bet on himself in the in the contract column, um, and he's always put up decent numbers. So it's it, it's just it's hard for me to th- to see. But then again, you know, I don't I don't watch Winnipeg at all. If if you know, rarely, right? So right. But you know, Line A was supposed to be the next Ovi. I mean, how many times have we heard that uh, since watching hockey? Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I can see why, because of body style, um, and and game style, and the mm-hmm. fact that he's European, you know, all, all those things combined, I, I see why people want to go with that narrative. But uh, and and he may be an Ovi, you know, mold or an Ovi archetype, but he is not the next Ovi. Right. He's very Ovi esque, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So I wonder what he said to the, it must've been really shitty to, to get him benched. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking he probably, the coach was trying to tell him something or was, you know, um, you know, correcting him for something. He probably just like told him to shut the F up or something, you know, just, right. You know, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't surprise me that Torts would bench a guy for that. Out of anyone in the NHL, there's a couple other guys, and I think would do that. Um, I know coaches these days are quote unquote players coaches, which I have no problem with, but I feel like that newer style is less likely to punish a player for running their mouth. So, you know, you still need to have that structure. Even though I do like the newer style more, this is a part of the older style that I definitely think needs to stay. Yeah, and I guess that's what I'm asking. Like, how much do you think it is uh, a torts flex versus actually warranted? Uh, like, I'm sure it's a little bit of both. But like, if you were to say, like, do you think it's fifty percent torts flex and fifty percent Liney deserved it, or Liney deserved it more percentage? I I would say it's um, a one third, one third, one third split torts flex. He's the new guy. Can't let him get away with it. And he deserved it. Okay. All right. So you've added another dimension. Okay. That wasn't the question, yeah. but okay. Well, we'll take that. We'll, we'll take that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it, it's almost like he was like, this is a crossroads. This is a defining moment. Right. Fair enough. Okay. Well, uh, Lonnie knows who's boss now. That's at the very least. He, he at least knows uh, who's boss. And I think he actually lit it up in the game. Uh, afterwards, which I think was probably yesterday. So that's cool. Um, moving on though, Ryan Dezingle traded from Carolina traded. Uh, is it Montreal or yeah, no, Ottawa, so. Ottawa trade to Ottawa for Galchenyuk and Paquette. Right. Paulie. Oh yeah. I don't know why I put Montreal. Yeah. Well, Galchenyuk yeah, used so to he, play for Montreal, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he got out and then got sent back. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. I, Galchenyuk, Paquette, to Carolina, to Zingle, to Ottawa. Ottawa is just trying to reach, just trying to, you know, be relevant here. I think that they are, they know that their season's probably, and honestly, like, if, if this is a season to, to totally biff, this is the season to Biff it, right? So Ottawa's kind of just chilling. Um, 
seeing what they can do to get as much cap space to make moves maybe next year or the year after and, and bolster whatever they've got going now through any trades that need to be done. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I, I, I feel like Alchenyuk has just gotten such a short end of the stick his entire career, probably warranted, but I feel like he's the type of guy that if, if you're not, if he's not going to, I feel like there's so many high expectations for him. He gets to a team and they're like, well, he hasn't scored 10 goals in 10 games. He's, he's definitely a bust. <laughs> like, damn dude. Um, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And we played him on the fourth line. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every team that has him, they're impatient with him. And then also he like, even though he hasn't had the most success, he's got enough potential that he's got really good draft stock. So he just right. keeps getting moved. Right. Right. It's exactly right. Um, Paquette, on the other hand, I think he's a pretty solid performer. He's never going to be like a stud, but uh, definitely a guy who can, who can contribute. So um, interesting move. We'll see how it works out. I mean, I think that a lot of guys kind of got left out in the cold with how the rosters were set up this year. There just wasn't enough room. Um, and then trying to like fit people in, in the taxi squad. Cause you still have to, you know, adhere to, to any like cap restrictions per game. Mm-hmm. So it's been a total shit show. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see next year, like who's being picked up off of waiver wires, if anybody, or if this is just kind of like a mass calling of the NHL, uh, who knows? Well, uh, before we move on, just the reason we're getting we're, we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of trash talk here from Penguin fans. That's that's why my boy John David asked me how my day was, and uh, we got Katie coming in with the the Penguins chirp, and then your biggest fan AJ Howard. <laughs> he said this during Shut- the interview. Yeah. Shout out AJ Howard. Uh, doesn't even know what a home dresser is, but apparently I am one. Uh, never home dressed. I've never home dressed. I never will home dress. Even in COVID, I never home dressed. So don't put that on me. Don't put that evil on me. <laughs> um. Anyways, three one. Uh, what? What's this? What's this next thing? I, I have a hard so, time reading your notes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. In a three to one loss to Vegas. The Sharks finally had their first home game on Saturday the 13th. They spent the first five weeks on the road due to California COVID-19 measures. So what happened was where they're located, Santa Clara County, they banned contact sports. So this whole time the hockey's been being played, they've been playing road games. Now because of that, the last they have 28 of 44 games on the road remaining which I guess isn't like that many. It's only six more than half. But um, I mean, they're going to be staying put here for a while. That's good. And it's uh, it's a good thing that they're being able to host some, some home games. Um, yeah. So quick fantasy update. I just want to interject here. I, oh man. <laughs> I may tie again, dude. How is this possible? All right, so, Polly, we tied last week. Yeah. And this week, I'm playing one of the Ducks guys. I think it's Carter Potts. I'm not sure. Um, And I'm not going to get my goalie plays. None of them. So... I'm going to be oh. one short of goalie play. So I'm going to lose an instant four points there, but I'm leading. I was leading six to four. Now I'm leading five to four. And as long as Chandler Stevenson and he did not get another hit, uh, I'll be good. Um, went with one of your boys, Don Scoy here. Um, absolute plug did, did literally nothing for me today in the game. So it was one to nothing game. Yeah. He couldn't have hit somebody, Paulie. Go out there and just, okay. you know, take hit somebody and get off the ice. Like, come on. Um, all right. So, looks like I'm I'm cruising for another tie. That's insane in this league. Because, so this league, folks, if this league is, uh, it's uh, 
category head to head. But it's like if you win the more categories, you just win. You're just like put it into the win column. It's not like how many you don't get points for each category per matchup week. You just get like a win, a loss or a tie. And I think this will be the third tie. I think I've eked out. That's yeah, crazy. Man, you, uh, you're just going to mediocre your way to the playoffs. I might. That would make me 1-0-3. I'm still undefeated, though, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Anyways. I'm getting rocked. Are you? Who are you By playing? Tom. Tom Franklin of the, the Blue yeah. Notes podcast. Yep. Down 6-2. to two. I only have two categories that I could even make a move on, but all my players have already played. So I am, I think I may be able to lose by more, but I'm definitely losing this round. Good. Good. It's what you deserve. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Back to league news. Uh, Ron Hextile hired as GM by the pins and Brian Burke also hired as president of hockey operations. I hope these guys personally do fucking terrible and just burn the place down. Um, Ron Eckstall, like, how do you, how are you going to do that, man? Like, Flyers legend goes to Pittsburgh. I hope it's just some sort of like inside troll job. Like, he just, he really just, um, I don't know, did really good in the interview and convinced this penguin leadership <laughs> to, to give him a job. And he's just going to like, I think we should trade Crosby for um, fifth round draft pick. He's going to dismantle the establishment brick by brick. I would love to see it. I'm here for it. Um, That's a SpongeBob thing, reference. Yes. Okay. And all right. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> one thing that's interesting to me is that they also brought in like Brian Burke, who's like, you you bring in Brian Burke and he just gets his own title. So president of hockey operations now i think that the penguins are self-aware they know that they're going to go through just like the capitals are going to go through a bit of a rebuilding pro- process here as their you know standout stars age out of the game and uh you know they think that this is the type of leadership team that's going to do that one thing that they have hinted at is that they're going to get more physical and be uglier uh, because they're not going to, uh, they're not going to, uh, I guess, have the t- top top end talent to do their like finesse game that they, you know, the, let's be honest, the Blackhawks did a, have a better did, did a better job in their peak than the Penguins ever have. So, as far as just finesse goes, but um, I, uh, whatever. I mean, good. Who knows? T.J. Olson. Uh, from the Never Say Die podcast, New York Islanders Never Say Die says, hockey has passed him by. I'm guessing he means Brian Burke. And some would tend to tend to agree. So it is interesting because I feel like the Penguins have tried to do this for a long time. They've tried to like get grittier and heavier and play physically, but they've never been, you know, fully committed to it. They've just kind of like mm-hmm. add, tried to add like one or two people to fight Tom Wilson. But now it's it's going to be, I guess, a top-down change, like, you know, blocking shots and throwing body and things like that, right? Very much... Yeah. I was just going to say, very much like a Tanev future to them. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I I would I think I would really like Tanev if he played for a different team. Um, and, and that probably does seem to be the best way to transition into the post Crosby Malkin Latang era. Um I, I mean I guess they think these are the guys for it. Burke's got a, a cup with uh Anaheim and you know Hextall he's got plenty I mean they, they have plenty of hockey experience. Uh whether they can handle a couple of quote unquote greats at the end of their career and then rebuilding to to fill the hole, we'll see. Uh I mean hopefully they just drop the ball and they end up being the you know, the Kansas City Lions or something. What did I say last week? Can, uh, I, I don't know. know. I said, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hopefully they fail. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and we do have to make a, so moving on, we have to make a correction. 
or not so much a correction, but clarify what we were saying about Tony D'Angelo, not to give him too much of a platform, but uh, we did say that there was rumor of he had kept a puck from Keandre Miller and a couple news outlets have said that that's a hundred percent false. So there's no truth to it whatsoever. Uh, Paul, who actually said that, that that wasn't true. So, um, one quote is from the Rangers president, John Davidson. He said that is a hundred percent false. There's no truth to it whatsoever. And for people who like to write things, other people to digest it, it is just wrong. It's sad actually. So that was, uh, in relation to the puck situation and just their strained relationship as a whole. I actually watched the highlight of his goal and you can see he does fish the puck out of the net, but reportedly he got the puck and gave it to the staff so that they could do whatever they do with it. So, um, uh, it seems like everything was pretty normal and somebody made a story out of something that didn't happen because it was the perfect time to pile on this guy for all the other stuff he did. Well, like you said, we're not defending him. We definitely wanted to clear that up because we are not in the slander slash libel game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Except when it comes to the Penguins. So <laughs> that's all truth. To, to finally, um, to, to just to cap it off, just a quick note on suspensions. Johan Larson suspended two games for a check to the head of St. Louis's and former Washington Capitol, Zach Sanford. Uh, hope that he's good. I think Sanford is still is healthy. I think he's back on the roster, but um, you know, hope to hope a you know quick uh, quick recovery for that, and, and hope Zach's okay. Yeah. So you want to talk some some caps, Paulie? We've got a we've got a pretty good commercial this this week for Habs Nightly and our boy Bayou Benders and Mason Dixon. So check uh, it out real quick. You know. First of all, I I love yeah. that name because you and I live like <laughs> ten miles north of the Mason. Okay, maybe more like thirty miles north of the Mason Dixon line. Okay. But yes, I am ready. All right, here it is. Promo for Habs nightly on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, you know what? I'm just I, I, so heated because of what what you're telling me because I I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good. <laughs> Macaroni, you're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac, macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for candy. God. <laughs> oh my God. Go to, go to Italy. If you ask, open some no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc at Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great one. <laughs> Check them out, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear about the Montreal Canadiens. Um... I think that that sums it up. We've had Bayou Benders on here before talking about hockey apocalypse and what he would do to take uh, uh, what would he take during the uh, end of the world. And that was kind of like in the early stages of COVID. Um, I still haven't received my Emmy nomination yet, but I, I think it'll be coming soon. 
<laughs> yeah. Check your spam uh, folder. Right. It's in the spam folder. Um uh, I you know, I never check that, so we'll have to we'll have to check it out. Um anyways, let's get into some caps talk in this week's Washington wraparound. Well, uh it's gonna be a short one, folks. We got to we're gonna break down one game for you because uh out of the slated four we were only given one. Brutal. So that one was the uh, the Pittsburgh game that happened today. Uh, by the way, and today being Sunday, uh, happy Valentine's Day to all you. Polly, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Thanks, Valentine's Day. Yeah, what better day for uh, some heartache from the Capitals mm. than Valentine's Day? Right. Um, so real quick before we get into the madness, uh, Samsonov, Samsonov sent down to Hershey, clearly a conditioning stint. And I think he got lit up for five goals today. So mm. probably needed that. I am 100% sure that it's a conditioning stint and that there's still high hopes for the kid, but he really has to prove himself here now. Uh, he hasn't played good hockey since before the bubble last season. I think that's that's for a, for a young rookie goaltender that is not being paid a lot that the that the club is not hooked into long term. That's bad news. That's real bad news. And to have it be for off ice issues in the sense of you know not saying he's a bad person or anything, but he wrecked a fucking ATV. Uh, while and and it and it put him out of the playoffs, okay, and then he came back and went against COVID protocol, cost the team, you know, him amongst four others or three others, uh, cost him, cost team hundred k, and you know, some of the star players out of the out of the lineup. I mean, it's really easy to pile on him right now. But the optics are bad. It it looks like he doesn't care. T- to be completely honest, uh, what about you, Paulie? What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it uh, seems like he's kind of got a an attitude problem. He probably thought the job was his coming in. Um, you know, and just the fact that he he got himself hurt, you know, quote unquote goofing around. He's breaking the rule. I mean, he just kind of. It just kind of shows like um, he's really showing his youth and inexperience. And I think he just really needs to, he needs a veteran to kind of, you know, metaphorically shake him and, you know, be like, Hey man, this is, this is how you act as a pro. You know, I've heard in other hockey interviews about guys talking about when they were young, how a veteran kind of taught them the ropes, how to be a pro. I think he definitely needs that. And, you know, Craig Anderson could be a perfect guy for that. So hopefully, hopefully he wakes up down in Hershey and comes back ready to play and has his head on straight. Yeah. And, you know, I think that Henrik Lundqvist would have been the perfect guy too, but that's just not the case. And the Capitals uh, goaltending depth has taken a huge hit. Uh, But to see, I mean, if you were to tell me Craig Anderson was going to be the backup goalie in D.C., a month ago, I would have laughed in your face. Uh, even up to a couple weeks ago, um, I didn't think Craig Anderson was going to make the team. I thought he was just there to push the guys through camp. Uh, you know, hopefully. And so this, in any case, this means that he's down there for at least a couple weeks, right? Like at the very least, Samsonov has to play in Hershey for a couple weeks, just, you know, protocol and everything else, right? Just to, um, I guess go through kind of like the quarantine. It's not as bad as like going from country to country, but uh, I think that getting him up is like a few day process. It just even into the taxi squad again, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that they put him in Hershey just kind of shows with all the restrictions going on that they're not expecting to use him anytime soon. Yeah. And it's a definitely a, a definitely a warning shot to him. I think to say, look, you're going to have to play well, or, uh, you know, you're not going to, uh, 
you're not going to uh, be able to to make it here. Um, friend of the pod, Andrew Coleman, the immaturity of Sammy is crazy. Uh, yeah, man, that's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely, uh, worrisome. So, you know, moving on, I think Vanacek's done a great job and we'll talk about, I've got some notes on him at the end of this breakdown, but today Valentine's day, hope you all got laid because that was probably the highlight of your day. Uh, Pittsburgh caps were in Pittsburgh. 3 p.m., you know, daytime game. Caps can't play winning hockey before 7 p.m., but regardless, we were here, 3 p.m., everybody's there for it. And we take a big L. Three three to six, uh, two empty netters, though, you know, so really it was a 4-3 game. Still to see the six is, um, you know, I mean, that's that goes down in the records. That's, that's legit. It's just, let's look at some context here. Um, you know, the first period, they looked good. They came out, they draw, they drew two penalties in the first five minutes. On the second penalty, Kuzi opens up the scoring on kind of a a, a weird uh, wrist, wrister that, that bounces off a penguin and then goes through Lars Eller and in. So welcome back, Kuzi. First game back, gets a power play goal. Love to see it. You know, um, it's great to see him get rewarded. Uh, instantly. I think that that's going to help with, uh, I guess, men- mentally. You know what I mean? Yeah, they took the L, but it's nice to see the guy who we think the Washington Capitals' hopes and dreams kind of hinge on do have have a, you know, get some notches on the scoreboard. What do you think, Paulie? Yeah, so uh, if you listen back to our interview with Carl Olsner in uh, last Thursday's episode, uh, that's he's someone that actually all three of us kind of think uh, the the Capitals you know they live and die by Kuznetsov. So tune into that to to hear more of our thoughts on that. But I think it's definitely good he missed quite a bit of hockey, and the fact that he's back and scoring. I mean he he didn't even like get excited because I think he realized it was such a fluky goal. Mm-hmm. But um, you know it's it, it's good because you know first of all it's good to score goals. But, um, yeah, you're getting that goal, getting him back on the score sheet probably is going to help his confidence. And another thing Carl said, when he's having fun, he's dominant. So it's a lot easier to have fun when you're scoring goals. Absolutely. And I will note that that was a, uh, that was a, uh, uh, I'm sorry. That was an assisted by Justin Schultz. So who was also back in the lineup in the bubble. Uh, so we're on, we're on a watch here to get Justin Schultz 35 points. I mean, it's going to be a, it's an uphill battle, but hopefully hmm. this, this happens. Um, I thought of you as soon as it, as soon as I saw the replay. <laughs> and, <clears throat> um, another thing that I, that kind of along those lines is that, uh, I, I think, man, like you said, I just think Kuzi has such a good ability to, to, take over the game. We've got to, we've got to get him in good spirits. Uh, a lot of the guys that were on the shelf, like Schultz, like, uh, Eller, like Oshi, they're all back. I mean, we're basically a hundred percent again on the, on the skaters. Uh, so this was, you know, our, a first game back for a lot of guys who'd been sitting. Um, does it excuse what happened? I don't know. Who knows, but I'll just put that out there. Uh, later into the first though, Caps get dogpiled on by fuckhead Crosby and insane passing play. It was good heads up play. Nice give and go high, give and go. And then over to uh rust for basically an empty netter. Nice yeah, passing he's, play. He's on a streak right now. So I was listening on satellite radio, which picks up the home team. So the, the pens announcers were all fired up because rust is on a, a point streak and oh yeah. Frustrating stuff, but it was a very nice play. Right. Um, then, so, okay. So Russ scores, then, uh, Tanev about 30 seconds later, uh, big rebound given up by Vanacek. And I don't even know what Schultz was doing there. Like he fell, I guess Mm -hmm. maybe got hit a little bit and fell. And as soon as he was getting it, like by the time he got up and turned around, Tanev was already banging it home. Uh, really unfortunate. I guess, uh, yeah. 
and I mean that that God that rebound was just so just perfectly right there. The initial shot definitely caught Vanacek off, so it's something that he's been struggling with. But uh, as far as rebound control, but you know what can you do there? Okay, so it's it's two one going into the second, and early in the second, we have a hard working goal by the Kuznetsov line with Oshie and Verona, and Verona bangs one home. I love it. Gotta love to see that getting a rebound on the backhand and just putting it, to, shoveling it towards the net and getting paid, you know, getting paid right there. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And Andrew Coleman again here saying, <laughs> except for Verona's goal, the goal, all the other goals were fluky. Um, ah, you know, kind of right. Kind of right. Uh, so we'll, we'll move on here, but the, what killed me, dude, is Dowd, man. He has been such a... He, I, I like Nick Dowd, but he takes some pretty bad penalties sometimes. A lot of stick penalties, which, you know, Polly, I'm sure you've heard. Taking stick penalties, you're lazy. You're not moving your feet, right? I cannot handle stick penalties. <laughs> um, whether it's a temper play or it's, you know, an actual play in the game... It, it is you're either you're, you're either lazy or a coward there's only two reasons that you have a stick penalty so this one was f- crazy though did you see it yeah i actually thought this one really shouldn't have been a penalty because it kind of looked like the whole reason his stick was in that position was because the penguin player put it up there sure and he gets stick lifted and kind of loses control but you know they always say you got to be in control of your stick at all times yeah. And that's really the logic behind calling that. And he gets, yeah. he takes a stick up high. I mean, it was like shoulder glancing blow shoulder into the side of the head. Um, <clears throat> and the shitty part is that Dowd had possession of the puck in the offensive zone. He gets stick lifted from behind and his stick kind of, he gets off, he's off balance and his stick rides up and, and hits uh, that PO guy, the new, new, new kid, new 21 year old defenseman um, on the penguin squad. Goes in for a high-sticking penalty, and Rusty Hole scores his second goal alone uh, from a bad angle off the side of the cage. What a, I mean, just, I get blown coverage. I mean, it's a power play goal, but man, was he wide open. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was a very good showing for the penalty kill today. Definitely not. And uh, you know what? Finally, uh, I think the, the proverbial male in the coffin was followed, following it up with a Gunsel goal, which was just him following his own shot to the net. I mean, I think it was a good keep of the blue line and, and getting it to Jake and then firing it one shot, gets blocked in front, nobody knows where the puck's at, and just boom, banged it home. So it's what, 4-2 at the end? Oh, wait. Then at the end of the period, the Caps start, you know, they they start waking up, pulling their heads out of their asses, putting on the pressure, and Backy scores a nice backhand, uh, basically ripping one off from Malkin, who OV kind of puts the pass at Malkin's feet, and Backstrom just picks his pocket and in one one motion, like stick lift, backhand towards the net, and uh, it beats Jari far aside. Great to see Backy score, and especially ripping off Malkin there. Yeah, and you know, I, I know Andrew was saying that Verona's goal was the only one that wasn't fluky. I kind of thought, even if this wasn't the most conventional way, I thought this was, you know, it was a hardworking goal, first of all. And I think, it, you know, it could be fluke, or I kind of attributed to his his talent, his skill. It, it felt like the kind of thing that, like, Peter Forsberg would have scored. And, you know, that Backstrom just, he just skilled it in and made a play that most guys wouldn't be able to do. So while I do agree that it, it's unorthodox and it probably is fluky, I think you have to have a certain skill to get that fluky goal to go in. Sure. And and give credit to Backstrom here. He had the inside lane. The pass was technically behind him. It hits Malkin bounces, fortunate bounce, but you know, he plays Malkin well enough to get a stick on the puck or a stick on the puck and then just in one nice motion just straight to the backhand. So, you know, situational awareness along with some uh, you know, tenacity there. 
I love to see it. And yeah. I think that's a seventh goal for Backstrom, which is a league, which is a, which is a team high. So, yeah, he's got seven. And, you know, we said this last week, good things happen when you go to the net, you know, just, you're not going to score anywhere else. You have to be at the, you know, the puck has to go in the net to score. So I think uh, not enough guys put legit pressure on in the, the zone. They just kind of like stand there and try to make them make a pass. Right. I mean, Backstrom was running like a full court press. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, look what happens. You you put pressure on guys in their own zone, they panic, things like that happen. So, you know, it's good to see Backstrom. He's doing his part. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, and man, and I've said it in earlier episodes, he, he looks good. Uh, you know, his underlying stats may be a little, uh, little lacking, but I think on the offensive side of the puck, he's really opened up a little bit. Uh, and just the way that he's skating around, the way he looks, his stride, just, he looks like two, three years younger for sure. So pre pre Stanley cup. Yeah. Right. Uh, it seems like at least so, can't say enough about Backy. He's probably the most consistent offensive player right now. Uh, third period, though, Caps showed a lot of promise, but uh, that's about it. And we get piled on for two empty netters. And pins win. Bad guys win. You know, this happens. Empire strikes back, right? Uh, end of that. Yeah. Did not look good for the good guys. But in the end, the... <laughs> The, they won. So my takeaways and Paula, you let me know what you think, but things that killed us here, our face-offs fucking suck. We won 38% of the face-offs today. That really counts, especially in the offensive zone on the power play. Yeah. When you want to start with possession or you want to write off the draw, you want to get over the puck. I mean, how many times have we seen set face-off plays uh, win in our favor, right? I want to, it's become a trend at this point. I'm not sure we've been good in the, we've been the dominant face off winner in any game this season. Um, I'm not panicking over it because I think that good team play can counteract face off loses, right? But face off losses, I mean, but <laughs> I wasn't going to say, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but fuck, I mean, it's definitely not helping the cause. That's for sure. Um, finally, to, in today's game, especially, our centers are just blowing defensive coverage on big goals. Uh, the first rust goal was because Dowd was a step behind him. You know, I get that's an incredible passing play, really good passing play. But, uh, you know, two hands on the stick and one stride quicker. And that's a stick lift or the puck's batted away, right? Um, the Gunsel goal is probably the most egregious. Uh, the, that was the game winner and Eller lost him, lost him. So Gunsel, you know, fine. He gets the first initial shot, but being able to follow that, you know, 10 feet forward into the net, uh, unacceptable. You got to tie him up, do something. And I get Eller was kind of caught in no man's land there, but that's as a center, you're supposed to be as the most mobile person on the ice. So, not a good look. Uh, you know, I can't completely shit on the centers, though they just kind of have turned into the bad guys. And obviously, I'm a defenseman, so uh, I'm always blaming the forwards for everything. And the centers are, you know, they're easy, easy targets. But uh, it, it seems like in motion offenses or those type of setups where there's a lot of motion, a lot of things moving around the caps are easily lost within their own zone. And I, I don't understand it because early in the season, we saw them playing a very close man type defense system, right? Polly. And yeah. And now it's like, they're just getting lost. Uh, you know, set a couple picks if you will. And, and they're completely lost. So I don't know if they need to go back to like some sort of like weird hybrid zone or what, but not a good, not a good look at all, especially when the centers are getting lost, who should be quarterbacking all the plays. Um, but yeah, a shot happens, and then everybody—it's like a reset button. Everybody just like zzz, they don't—they don't know what to do next. Um, yeah. And then finally, I thought VTech had some issues with rebound control, which every young promising goaltender does. 
uh, not being in game situations for a week will definitely do that. I can't pile it completely on him. Uh, and I'll refuse to do so until he's got a couple years in the league, but that's probably something that the goaltending coaches are going to be checking out. What was your, uh, what was your takeaways there, Polly? Or what do you have to say in refute to mine? Well, I thought in the first half of the second or the first period, this was the Caps game. Um, and then they had that two goal swing, and I felt like it was the Penguins game from there on out. It was, <laughs> it it's it's typical. Caps are pushing around, they're out skating, and then just a boom boom quick play and. Bam, here's the Penguins beating us again. Right. Um, you know, you were saying, you know, in addition to the face-off situation, like you said, only 38%. Um, the Penguins had 17 blocks to R8. So, you know, they're just – that's indicative of better team defense. So they're winning the face-offs, getting control of the puck, and then they stopped over half of – or they stopped 17 chances – for us to put a puck on net to our eight. So it's just, it, you know, they definitely played a much better team game. I, I think the, the Capitals came out hard, but then once the two goals happened, they kind of pulled their same old, you know, feel sorry for myself kind of thing. It, it just, I, it, this is too familiar. It's a good point. Uh, man, I, I felt like they battled a lo- like well, but man, the fucking penguin. And you know what pisses me off so much about the penguin style and being so slimy and opportunistic, um, and having success that way is that the 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 Capitals for years and years and years were shit on because they were run and gun and that they were they were a uh, you know cardiac kids. They were just um, you know that team that lived and died on the rush. Right. And I feel like that's just the penguins now. Uh, and for some reason it's working for them and I have no idea why. And I feel like it's just luck. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say it's yeah. just luck, but, um, but yeah. And, uh, we've got a, one question here from Andrew Coleman. Where was Wilson on this one? Never thought I'd say that in a pins caps game. Uh, that's a good, good question. He well, had a he did he, he wasn't, had five he, hits. Yeah, he wasn't on the scoreboard, but a couple sogs, a couple shots on goal, and a couple hits, but was a minus two. So Yeah, really the only thing of note was uh the fact that he <laughs> about ripped Crosby's arm off there at the end with his <laughs> with that hook. Yeah. Um but but then, you know, Crosby turned into a, a goddamn career highlight play, so uh right. that kind of sucked. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Wilson definitely was one of his worst Penguin appearances, which didn't help because I was just in these, like, these big Twitter battles recently about how Tom Wilson lives rent-free in <laughs> Penguin fans' and players' heads. And today, yeah, five hits is, you know, that's good. But uh, he definitely made me look like an asshole. <laughs> and here's another thing. Uh, something we didn't talk too much about speaking of, you know, at, like rent free and whatnot. Uh, Sidney Crosby comes up with like a really shitty slew foot. And I think in the second, uh, mm. uh, against Dowd, I mean, what a fucking classless play, dude. What are you doing there? And of course he doesn't get called for it. Rue Weedle instead, who was just kind of like a guy that was sitting was next to him gets called for it. Now, this well, his stick. Happened. Go ahead. So his stick was there, so it kind of on the replay, it kind of looked like it, but it was all like you could see where they could say he 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 did the tripping just with what his stick did. Yeah. But it was also very clear that Crosby is the one who tripped him with the slew foot. Um. But yeah, it's typical that they would pin it on the other guy. Yeah, and just like an incredibly blatant, like, I don't think anybody who's watching that replay says that was an accident, right? Oh, yeah, not at all. It's It was completely intentional. Yeah, and I mean, he like, he basically soccer kicks the dude's foot out of his, or Dowd's foot out from under him, and then he folds his other leg 
underneath him. Uh, it's just, God, I just, I, I question why people like Sidney Crosby. <laughs> why do you like this guy? I don't know. Uh, what, uh, why don't you let everybody know what you tweeted today? Oh, you're either a Sidney Crosby fan or you're a good person. There's, there's two people in this world, <laughs> two types of people, Sidney Crosby fans and good people. Which one are you? Uh, and I, I, it's, you know what? It really just comes down to like, if you're, if you're a Pittsburgh sports fan, you're a fucking mouth breather and <laughs> you're garbage water trash. So the only thing that you have in your city is sports and that's it. So the only reason that you like this person is because he has made your sports team successful. He's contributed in some way. So he could literally shoot someone on main street and it would be fine because he, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh, because he, he helps win. Um, (laughs) that's, that's the only logic that I can put behind it because, you know, I've got a lot of friends who like play hockey who love Sidney Crosby. And it's like, dude, you would hate playing. You would hate that guy. If he was literally in your locker room on your team, you would also hate playing against him and call him a classless loser. Like, I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, he's basically the Brad Marchand. Yeah. Like just a little taller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if I would say like completely Brad Marchand levels. At least Marchand owns it. Yeah, that's what Crosby just he he does. Like today was the perfect example. Right. He does scumbag stuff. It's just he's not he doesn't own it, and he gets away with it, and they pin it on somebody else. Right, and he'll never do it when he's facing you. I don't think I've ever seen him take a do a cheap shot from somebody who's facing him. You know, and and full circle back to your Tom Wilson. Uh, comparison there is at least Tommy like the quote unquote dirty things that he did were like things like high hits they weren't hits from behind they were late hits and high hits from the front like okay I get it some of them were some of the punishment he's endured was purely based on on reputation and some of them mm-hmm. were very much warranted Uh, you know Zach Aston Reese who had an empty netter today How's that? How's that reconstructed plastic jaw you got? I completely would understand why Pittsburgh fans would hate Zach Aston Reese. I understand why the entire locker room and the entire bench squeals like little children when Tom Wilson's yeah. out there flying around. You know, I can hear the Sidney Crosby squeals as he's screaming for I don't know who's that. Who's that defenseman they have? Um, that was Marino. Marino, yeah. As yeah. as he Look goes out. in, here comes Tom. <laughs> yeah, get rid of it, get rid of it, and then you know just gets ripped off for the puck. I understand that, but you can't tell me like Tom Wilson goes behind people and just slew foots them, and you know does stuff like that. Hits no, him and Tom Wilson does him. it like a man, right? <laughs> Be a man. Slashes, yeah. slashes. Uh, Slashes people in the in the hand and gets uh you know rip, rips off their finger. I don't know, whatever. Obviously, this this uh, this loss has stung a little bit, but uh, we're we're getting through it. Um, you know what? First game back, four game losing streak. Let's go. Uh, real easy for people to pile on here, but I've I'm confident that with eighty percent of the season left, that we can turn it around. Um. I also am quadrupling down on the sentiment that the Penguins will not make the playoffs. They are still outside looking in, though there is a three-way tie for uh, third and fourth spot in the East. Um, were you going to say something, Paul? Well, yeah. So we've got five more chances against the Penguins. Um, you know, your your prediction would have been a whole lot smoother if the Caps could have just swept the Penguins. Um, you know, so far we've given them six. Hopefully, you can get ten in the next five. Uh, you know, this four-game losing streak is quite the response to what was it, seven straight uh, games with points. Yeah. So uh, we're just making up for our 
unexpected success, I guess. Just bringing ourselves back down to earth. Right. And you know what? <clears throat> the new, uh, you know, and, and Andrew Coleman, again, bringing up a good point. Uh, he'd rather have a losing streak now than in April. Fair enough. Let's yeah. iron out all those kinks and let's get back to work. Next week, we have Pittsburgh, 7 p.m. So, hey, you know what? That's a night game. We have every every opportunity here to win. We've got our full lineup basically back. Who knows if Craig Anderson's going to get a start or if Vitek Vanacek will. I'd put Vitek right back in, man. Give him the reps unless he's having a hard time in practice. Like if he's if he's if he put turns in like to a, a day of shitty practice, then I would take Vitek out. But for now, might as well throw throw VTech in and, and let him, you know, he's our best shot, I feel. So that's the 16th. That's a Tuesday at Pittsburgh, 7 p.m. NBC Sports Network. So we'll get blacked out on that. But yeah, check it I out. was going to say, <laughs> you and I are not going to be able to watch that game uh, in a kosher fashion. Right, right. Uh, so we won't talk about that anymore. But the 18th <laughs> uh, versus Buffalo. Uh, I guess that's at home, 7 p.m. again. Yeah. Local NBC. Look, after the Pittsburgh game on Tuesday, uh, and I, you know, not to bag on these teams, but I'm going to bag on these teams. Buffalo has not been good. They should, uh, we should be able to beat them again. You know, we, we've had uh, quite a few games where we've been pretty dominant. Um, which is plus you know, they're coming off a COVID rest or COVID time off. Right. Yeah. From a bunch of postponements on top of that. So they may be coming out with some fire, but at the same time, they're going to be rusty. And again, you know, that they're largely part of the reason that we've had that streak in the beginning of the season of wins and point getting, despite our lackluster play. Uh, You know, we'll get some redemption shots on the 20th and the 21st. It's back to back versus the Rangers at home, uh, both 7 p.m. games. So, here again, we might see some Craig Anderson action here. Got to see the Rangers. I think that it's a bit of a redemption song here. We're going to need to prove ourselves against the rags here. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if we if we can get a game or get the win against Pittsburgh, that should be all the makings of a four-game winning streak. Um, I think the only thing that would get in the way of that is you know basically a trap game situation, uh, an arrogance thinking, yeah, we beat the Pens. Now look who we have. The same thing that led to I think the Rangers' loss last week, right? But um, I think I, I I'm happy that this is our schedule following this four game losing streak. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> the boys need to take this next Pittsburgh game is absolutely an axe to grind, and let's clear our names. Let's get back, uh, get that monkey off our back, and let's let's keep moving forward. Um, because I think that Buffalo is a bit of a cupcake, and I, th- I th- while the Rangers aren't bad, I think that they're a beatable team that we should easily handle. And and you know, they match. I think the Rangers match up well against the Capitals, but I I don't by any stretch of the imagination think that they're unbeatable or some sort of kryptonite to us. Um, <clears throat> so I like our chances here. I'm going. We're. I'm. Th- I'm saying. We're going four and zero. Going four and zero. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Right. Um. Three zero and one. Three zero and one. So a loss in overtime. I don't know, Paul. I don't know why you're all about this overtime stat. The, the OTL. The loser point. Okay, let's clear the air real quick. All right, I've said this before and I'll say it again. This is not the loser point because pre-overtime, pre-shootout, there was a time in the NHL where you would just tie the game, all right? And you would get a point for that tie. So that is your tie point. And so you do not get a point for losing in overtime. What happens is you get an extra point for winning in overtime. It is not a loser point. It is a tying point, and the only change they did was you get the boost for winning in overtime. I understand your logic, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, you still lose 
at the end of the day on the score sheet. But look, okay, you know what? Potato, potato. Uh, we'll just agree to disagree here. Do you have anything else? We've already rambled on for an hour. We told it was going to be short. We told everybody's going to be short. We've just been like, uh, why do you listen to us? Honestly, this is ridiculous. But <laughs> <clears throat> um, uh, sorry again for taking up all this time. But do you have anything else, Polly? Uh, you know, we, we've been putting a little extra work in on, on social. So check out our Instagram or TikTok pages uh, at Caps Chirp. We've been putting a couple videos together. Uh, so check them out. Maybe you'll like them. And when Polly says we, he means he. So thank you, Polly, for doing that. Uh, pa- please, Caps fans, if you would, throw some likes our way on social media so that I don't have to hear Polly whine and cry about his 30 freaking posts only got like 20 likes all right please just save save me here just just help us out here please and when i say help us out here just help me out please um caps fans until that shout out changed really quick (laughs) until next week (laughs) until next week hockey troll poly cupcakes signing off Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Pod Net on social and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.